Lamentations 3, 22-33. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes and let him be filled with insults for the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. This is the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. And today... I really just want to speak to you from my heart. The Lord laid this on my heart uh, about a month ago. And I want to talk to you about terms and conditions, okay? I know you're really excited about that. I want you, we're going to talk about contractual law, okay? <laughs> um, <clears throat> internet privacy. No, we're not going to talk about any of that. Um, but I think it's really important that we understand that, uh, that there are certain terms and conditions that come with the Christian life. Now, let me tell you this. Um, I know something about you. I know something about me. I know something about everybody in this room is that you are a liar, okay? And here is how I know that. I want to show you this. Uh, I, have re- I, I have read and accept the terms and conditions. If you have checked that box, come on now. Repent, turn to the Lord, right? Uh, how many of you have ever clicked this box and actually read the terms and conditions? Just raise your hand. Okay, three people, right? Right. Of course you haven't because you don't have time in your busy life to, to look at the terms and conditions. You don't even know. But listen, you could be signing your life away, right? You could be giving your children to someone in a foreign country, and you don't even know. They're like, yep, well, you checked that box, remember? Check this out. Sign here to indicate you have no idea what you've signed. I love this little comment here. The terms and conditions. It's important to know the terms and conditions. You know, uh, Walmart has spoiled us in many ways, um, not just with, like, Tweety Bird shirts and cool, like, things that are really cheap. Um, no offense if you're wearing a Tweety Bird shirt, I apologize. Uh, but Walmart has spoiled us on their terms and conditions of their return policy, right? You bring it back, you, you buy it, and you use it for a day or two, and you're like, you bring it back, no box, dirty, and you're like, you know, I just, I can't, I can't remember where my receipt was. I just brought it back, and they're like, of course we'll take it back and give you your money, you know? You, you could probably use it for three years and you come back and it's dirty socks or underwear and it's like, hey, yeah, I just, I'm, these aren't useful anymore. And they're like, yep, we'll take them back, give you store credit, right? Okay, so the, the flip side of that is that we went to a store that shall be unnamed. 
And we bought some flip-flops for our daughter, our sweet little five-year-old daughter. They were cute little flip-flops, right? And we bought them one day. The next day, we brought them back, and we had the receipt. We had the shoes, and we brought them to the counter, and they're like, you know, sorry, we can't. That's, it's not our policy. We can't, uh, we can't receive that return and give you a refund. We're like, What? It was yesterday. We bought these yesterday. Here are the shoes. Here's the receipt. What in the world? Learn from Walmart. And they're like, you know what? The original packaging is not there. And we dug through the recycling. Of course. It came the morning of, right? And then it's like not there. And they wouldn't take it. And you know what happened? They said, you know, look on the back of your receipt. And you know what was on the back of that receipt? The terms and conditions of their return policy. Very clearly it said, must be returned within 60 days in the original packaging with the original receipt and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know. It's terrible, right? I want you to think about marriage for a moment. Um, There are terms and conditions that come with marriage. Did you know when you signed your little marriage license, there were things you were signing up for? Gentlemen, this graph chart here is your year-on-year spendage on toilet paper, okay? And the first four blocks are before you got married, like all your life, okay? And then after you got married, your expenses on toilet paper quadrupled, quintupled. And then once you had a daughter, you didn't know that that was in the terms and conditions of marriage, but it is. Am Am I right? Am I right, gentlemen? Sorry, ladies. Okay. Um, what about, what about uh, kids? Um, go ahead and put that next one up there. Yeah, this is the terms and conditions of kids. When you have kids, you didn't know that when they sleep in your bed. This chart shows you the terms and conditions of the amount of space you will get as the hours linger on. And then eventually you end up on the couch because your, your small little child has, has somehow nudged your like 200-pound body off the bed And you're like, how did I get in this place? And then you look at the contract that you signed before you had children. You said, it's clearly there, yeah. If they sleep in my bed, I'm not going to have any space. I'm going to be on the couch. Okay, uh, for you kids, how about Legos, okay? Now, kids, pay attention here. This is very important. On the top of this list represents your favorite Lego. Check, check. All right, your favorite Lego, okay? And what this is representing is the likelihood that your little brother will smash your Lego based upon where it fits in your favorite list, okay? So if it's on the top of your list, there is a high likelihood that your Lego will be smashed. If it's down low, it probably won't be. But these are the terms and conditions of having a brother. When your parents decided to have a little brother, you signed a contract and you said, I will let him smash my Legos and I'll be happy about it, right? Can I get an amen, guys? No? Uh, ladies, this is one for you, for, for your guys. Um, this is fireworks. This is a, you know, since it's 4th of July weekend. Um, this is the level, the IQ, intelligence quotient level of men through every month of the year. And somehow in the seventh month, the IQ level plummets to depths below uh, childlike IQ. And uh, we see that uh, firework, wherever fireworks are involved, IQ decreases by at least 75%. So, hey, that's just a little PSA for you today. 
little warning, okay? Be careful with your fireworks this weekend. Um, but those are, those are all fun and fine. But I do want to get serious with you this morning because the good news of Jesus is the most powerful message the world has ever heard. But it's not without terms and conditions. The gospel that we teach one another, that we teach from this stage, that we teach to our children, is it the gospel of the Bible or is it the gospel of the world? Are the terms and conditions of your gospel in line with the terms and conditions of the gospel that's found in the word of God? And I think this is so vitally important. Paul even talks about that in the last days, they'll heap up teachers that, that tell them what they want to hear. And they'll, they'll pile up people and, and they'll make famous people, famous preachers famous, right? Because they tell them what they want to hear while disregarding the word of the Lord. And so we're going to explore briefly this is something that people have written many, many volumes about, okay? So, um, and I am not uh, a, a, a super amazing biblical scholar, but we're going to explore briefly what the terms and conditions of the gospel are. And we're going to get clear together about what Jesus said and what the word says about what it means to know Jesus what it means to live a life for Jesus, what it means to be saved, to surrender our lives to Jesus. Because guys, if we can't be clear on that, then we can't be clear on anything, right? If we can't understand clearly and our children can't understand clearly the terms and conditions of God's holy word for us, his son come to earth and died and resurrected and now sitting with him at the right hand of the father, like, if we can't get clear on what that really is, then, man, we're lost. We truly are lost. The light, as, as it says in John, the light that we thought we had, if that is darkness, how deep that darkness it truly is, right? So this is not fire and brimstone. I'm not going to throw the Bible at you um, or anything, all right, unless you want me to. I mean, just raise your hand. That's fine. All right. But what, what we are going to do is we're going we're gonna to read Scripture today. And if you do have your Bible, I want you to open that up and, and get ready. But here's one thing that, that is clear about the terms and conditions of the gospel is that God's love is unconditional. God's love is the unconditional thing in all of creation. There are no terms and conditions for you to be loved by God. There is no paper that you sign and say, okay, I'm signing away this, this, and this to be loved by God. No, you exist, you are loved. Nothing else is tied to it. No strings attached. No questions asked. You exist. You breathe. You live. You are loved. And I don't care who you are or what sin you manifest in your life or what you're caught up in or how much you've done or haven't done. You are loved. We just read it. Lamentations 3.22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Listen to Romans 5, 6, and 6 through 8. Listen to this in, in, in regard to the, the, the requirements for being loved by God. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would dare even die. 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, how many of us have heard the gospel preached that says you got to get cleaned up before you can come to Jesus, right? And this is very clear in scripture that that is not true. If you've heard that, that is a lie. It is a deception from the enemy. It is a, that is false teaching. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. His love for us is unconditional. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, or things like, he's covering all the bases here, guys, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Has he left anything out? No. We'll be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Unconditional love. No terms and conditions. You exist. You are loved. But everything else as we walk with the Lord has terms and conditions. Everything else as we walk with the Lord requires something of us. The word puts the responsibility of something on us. First thing is this, forgiveness. Forgiveness is conditional. Yes, it's free, but it comes with some strings attached, okay? And this is good news here, guys. I'm not giving you bad news, okay? The strings attached here are very good things that God has included in this gift of salvation. It is a good gift. You open up the box, and it is truly good. And you may look at it, and you may not see that. It, you may not look at it and go, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's really that great. But in, in the... In the view of eternity, in the view of God's value system, in his economy, it is of infinite worth. And the Holy Spirit is who reveals that to us, right? Holy Spirit, reveal to us the infinite worth of your gospel, of your reward, your good news. Amen? Forgiveness is conditional. First John 5, 1 through 10. I want to read this to you out of an actual Bible. <laughs> Not that the, you're device is not a Bible, but you know, the paper thing. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in, in him is no darkness at all. And I want you to listen to the scenarios here. The Bible is full of if then scenarios. These are, this is where you see the terms and conditions. Okay, guys, when you see if then that's when you really, your, your little flag should go up and go, Oh, Okay, this is conditional. There's something here. There's something I'm supposed to do. There's something God's going to do, right? If then, okay, conditional, terms and conditions. If we say we have with him while we walk in darkness, then, the, the then is not included here, then we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin if we walk in the light, right? Verse eight, if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's beautiful, isn't it? Those are the terms and conditions of the gospel, guys. If you confess, and if you are following Jesus and you haven't confessed your sins, you may not have met the terms and conditions of the gospel. And you don't have to confess it to anybody else. Honestly, the Bible says that we, we are the priests. We are a kingdom of priests now. Jesus has put the priesthood on all believers. So you don't have to confess it to a priest or to someone. Confess it to the Lord. If there is unconfessed sin in your life, then there is not an open doorway for forgiveness. This is important, okay? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Thank you, Lord. And true forgiveness, not condition, no conditions on the forgiveness, except that you would confess. You with me? This is the gospel here. So your action step today and days beyond this for the rest of your life is to make a habit of confession. Confession. Because confession opens the door for forgiveness. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if, listen to this. This is so important. These are the words of Jesus himself straight out of the mouth of the son, right? For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, then neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I don't like that, <laughs> right? We read that, I'm like, Jesus, I'm just gonna flip past that page, okay? I got somebody in my life I don't like. They did this to me and I don't wanna forgive them. Well then, the terms and conditions of the gospel say that if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I, I don't know what else to say except this is the word of the Lord to you today. If you're walking in unforgiveness, you are shutting the door on God's forgiveness in your life. And you need God's forgiveness. Forgiveness is not just for God to feel good about himself. It's for you to be set free from your sin, from your shame, from the weight of carrying that around. But when you confess, and listen, why does it say this? Why is God putting that clear line there? It's because he gave, he put the highest infinite price tag on forgiveness. Forgiveness came, and the whole reason that Jesus came was for forgiveness. Was so that you could be forgiven for your sins, made holy and righteous to be his sons and daughters. And he says, if you can't offer someone else the same, then I have nothing else to give you. I have already given my son so that you could be forgiven. And if you can't forgive somebody else, then I there's no other sacrifice I can make. The greatest price I could pay has already been paid, so I don't know what else to do for you. I cannot, in my holy integrity, do anything else for you, make any more concessions for you. If you choose to live and walk in unforgiveness, then my forgiveness is closed to you. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Just turn to the person next to you and say, it's not worth it. Or for God's forgiveness through confession. Amen? All right. So that, that's, sorry, I got a little, got a little heavy on that one. <laughs> Try to keep it light. <laughs> okay. Excuse me.
We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 through 17. And if you will obey, if you will indeed, if, remember that, you will indeed obey my commands that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give the grass in your fields for your livestock and you shall eat and be full. But take care, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. Number two, blessing from the Lord is conditional. What's unconditional? What's unconditional? Tell me. God's love. God's love is unconditional. Forgiveness is conditional. Blessing is conditional. And this is one we struggle with, right? We're like, woe is me, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, God hates me, you know. And this is one, honestly, that's been manipulated by the church in so many ways. And this is one I want to tread carefully on, but it is very clear in Scripture that God's blessing is tied to obedience. God's blessing is tied. The terms and conditions of God's blessing are based upon our willingness, if you will obey, then I will give the rain for your land in its season. Now, we aren't, most of our, us aren't farmers in this place. We've kind of moved away from the agrarian culture. But what is the one thing that a farmer needs. If he needs anything, he needs rain. And what is the one thing that a farmer hopes for? They hope that they can gather their grain at harvest. That they will have a harvest to eat from, to provide for their family, to grow from, to enjoy. And God's blessing of the harvest is attached to our obedience at the beginning. And let's not be deceived that we can read this word and, and turn away from it and hear something in it and turn away from it and say, you know what? I don't really want to do that. Guys, when we come to the Lord, the first thing we have to make a decision on, the bottom line we have to go to is, if I'm going to follow Jesus if it says it in here, then I say yes. Now, I know that there are lots of different ways of interpreting this book, right? Uh, there are lots of disagreements about things that it says and does not say. But you have to be, be willing to surrender your life to the revealed word of God, to the inspired word of God. If you are not willing to open the Bible and hear the words of the Lord and his instruction and say yes then the terms and the conditions of the gospel are not going to be good for you or for me. I, I think this is one that we really struggle with, guys. I really struggle with. There was something I wanted to do, I've been wanting to do, and I, I was like, I had this thought. My sinful nature crept up, and it was like, 
okay, I need to pray about that to see if I should, if what God would say about that. And then my sinful nature said, no, you don't need to pray about that because he might say no, right? And, and if you pray and he says no, then you have to obey him. But if you don't pray and you just do what you want, then you don't have to worry about what God says, right? Wrong, right? The terms of condition still exist whether you've read them or not, Right? That's, um, uh, that stinks, man. Golly, my human nature hates that, right? Man, I wish it wasn't that way, but you know what it is? And you know why it is? Because it's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for us. God knows you. He created you. He formed you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the purpose for which he created you. He knows where you are going to be positioned to receive the greatest fulfillment, the greatest joy, the greatest blessing in life. And the key to that, the gateway to that is, yes, obedience. Yes, God, I will. And that comes from the word of the Lord. So we got forgiveness, blessing. And the third thing is peace. Peace is a conditional thing. Peace comes, and, and how many of us need peace, right? Uh, we need it, yes, Lord. We need your peace to come. Isaiah 26.3 says, and this is a little bit of a flip around of the if-then scenario, but you'll hear it. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So it could be said this way. If you trust in him, if your mind is stayed on him, then he will keep you in perfect peace. You need peace from the Lord? Trust in him. You need peace for decisions? Fix your mind on him. Peace is not something that just comes because you just want it. Peace comes because we, we position ourselves, just like Pastor Greg was saying. We draw near to the Lord, and he what? Draws near to us. And what comes? Who is he? He's the prince of peace. How do we have peace? We're near to the prince of peace. The one who's named after the very thing that we want, right? We need peace. And I want to be sensitive to all of us here in this room, that we go through really troubled times. We go through storms in life. We go through times where we have heightened anxiety and frustration and depression and all those things, but draw near to the Lord. His terms and conditions for you are, if you will draw near to me, I will give you peace. Take my yoke upon you, this, this light burden that I am putting on you compared to the burden of the world. Come and learn of me, and I will give you rest. Ah, and I've said this before, but I really think it bears repeating that I really think the distinctive characteristic of a Christian in our culture is rest, is a willingness to rest, because rest is a sure sign of trust in the Lord. When you don't trust the Lord, when you find yourself frantic, stressed, striving, you're not trusting the Lord. You're not resting. And one of the greatest examples and witnesses we can be for the gospel of Jesus and the truth of his word is that we are willing to rest. We will find ourselves at rest. Peace. 
Second Chronicles 7, 14 through 22 says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among the people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Let's, let's just stop and pray that right now for our country. We need healing in our land, right? We need, and I'm not just saying that as like this, I mean, take it for whatever, it's truth. We need healing. Jesus, bring healing right now to our land. This, we're celebrating Independence Day, but Lord, we are fully dependent upon you. We have never been more desperate for you, Jesus. Come. Just as your word says here, Lord, we come, we humble ourselves, and we pray. We turn to seek your face. Lord, reveal our wicked ways and let us turn from them. Oh, and God, let us hear from heaven. Forgive our sins, Lord, and heal our land. Let this be true of us, Lord. Let your word go forth and bring this to life in our nation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Number four, reward. Our reward from the Lord is conditional. Matthew 6, 24 through 27 says, Then the Lord told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Then let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You want to find life? I want to find life. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and then forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Because here's the deal, guys. Your reward, our eternal reward, we are eternal beings, whether you believe that or not. The, the word tells us that, and it is true, that we are eternal. And our reward is eternal. And the terms and conditions of God's gospel, the, the good news of Jesus, his, his salvation are eternal. And God is going to come and Jesus is, is going to be the righteous judge on the day of judgment. And he's not going to be reading from your list or my list of terms and conditions. He's not going to be looking at, at what you've thought about, what you think it said, what you think you should do, or how you thought you should live. He's going to look at the word of God, his word, his eternal word that doesn't pass away. He's going to look at it, and he's going to mirror your life against it. And he's going to say, I'm going to make a judgment about you based upon my word. I don't even know what you've been trying to live, but I... I'm going to base my judgment upon my word because my word does not pass away. And here's the beauty of this, though, is that his word says you can be forgiven. His word says that your sins can be cast away as far as the east is from the west. 
Your sins can be tossed into the sea of forgetfulness. Your life before you came to the Lord can be totally, totally made new. And when Jesus looks at the terms and conditions of his gospel and he looks at you, if you have received that forgiveness, if you have walked with him, if you have drawn near to him, he's going to look at you and go, well done, come on in. This is awesome. I'm so glad I get to be with you. And I I know there's a reality here that, and I I just want to wrap it up here, but I know there's a reality that that many of you are here and, and you're looking at eternal life and you're like, I don't even like this life. Why would I want eternal life? I want to read to you out of Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 6. And I want you to hear these words. And I want you to know that Jesus, this is what he has promised you. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Listen here. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Guys, at the deepest part of who you are, when you choose to walk away from the Lord, when you choose to do your will and not his, you're just trying to fill a thirst that cannot be filled. You're thirsty and you're hungry for the Lord. And he says, listen, come to me. I will give you rest. Come to me. There will be a day when we will be together and there'll be no more weeping, no hurt or pain, no more depression, no more frustration, no more strife. There will be freedom from the trappings of this body that is breaking down on you. You will be healed in the name of Jesus. You will walk in freedom. You will for eternity live the life that I created you to live. You may feel like this life right now is not worth living. You may have had experiences and troubles in this life that have beat you down. But there is a day coming when you will stand with Jesus and you will be filled so full of life, so full of living water that you can't help but lift your voice and praise him. And that, my friend, will be worth anything that you give up in this life. Jesus bore the cross. He despised the shame. He took upon himself everything. And what? why did he do it? For the joy that was set before him. And what is the joy? You are the joy of the Father's heart. You are the joy of the redeeming work of salvation. You and your presence in heaven is the joy of God Almighty. Receive that today. But know this. The cross requires total surrender. 
And it may not be pretty. Jesus promised that we would have trials. (laughs) In this world, you will have trouble. But I bring you my peace that where I am, there you may also be. That when when the troubles of this life are over, some glad morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shores, I'll fly away, and I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. That's the good side. Those are the good terms and conditions of the gospel. Don't forget the reward. Let's pray together.